Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode six of The Exiled Outcast. We made it six episodes. I know, right? Six episodes already. I am the ho- the host, the house of chain here with my co-host right here, Disney's Doug, a.k.a. Dan. Do, 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 do. Yep. The names, the names he thinks I, I should be doing. I should have just called myself the devil on this one, but, uh, but. Yeah, okay. So, wait, wait, wait. Let's just not get too hyperbolic on this shit, right? So, did you come up with the title for this episode? I thought it was called Friends with the Devil. You, uh, I don't look. I just bring ideas. You're ultimately fucking in charge. Okay? I like that idea. I'm just saying, you're ultimately in fucking charge. You're the one. You're like, like the buck stops with you, right? And I think that was a decision we made in the beginning. So, if anybody's ever watched anything I've ever done, I've usually been in charge or been like second in command or some sort of shit. So, six episodes in, you've got me lazy over here. I just shoot ideas at you, and you're in charge. I can get used to this kind of lifestyle. It's fantastic. I so know, right? it's you. Like I said, you're you're the book stops with you. I just like I said, all I ever did was come up with a fucking title for a damn show, uh, try to get you back into fucking doing this like on a regular basis, and then whatever happens from there happens. That is true, and also and and, and um friends with Devil I liked that's, that's a good date with that. And see six episodes in we're already arguing. It's it's the rise and fall. It's gonna be a VH1 uh what was it behind the music episode coming up next week. The question is though, which one of us gets strung out on drugs and has to go to rehab? Probably me. I, I'd probably be the one. Like if we like if we were like No, see I figured you'd be the one who found Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do look like him in this picture. Also also Oh, you're picture. such a fucking prick! Because you know that's gonna fuck with me. Because the whole blasphemy thing. Oh yes, and it, and it, and this is a good conversation to to basically uh, bridge into the topic of this video, which is, of course, how a how a God fearing Christian man can befriend a man who doesn't believe in nothing unto himself. It's very hard. So uh, let's that's the end of the episode. See y'all next week, folks. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the episode. Yeah. Adios, ta ta for now. But um, as as most of you know, for the uh, I've never I never ha- had a uh, kept a secret. I wear it on my sleeve like the cross on my arm. That I that I am an atheist. That I am not a believer, if you will. Um, funny enough, though, I most of my closest friends are of the faith believing that. Well, let me ask you this, though. Were you always an atheist, or did you finally divide divide into that? Like, something happened to make you... I was originally uh, Catholic. I And to be honest, that is the one religion I still have the utmost respect for. Um, and uh, Really? Honestly, yeah, surprisingly, I still, I still. Well, go. no, okay. So I've been baptized in the Catholic and the Baptist Church, right? And like, I have a lot of mixed feelings about the Catholic Church, only because I have nothing negative, right? I was, I was like, fuck, I was baptized in Mexico. Like, I was like, we took a trip down to Mexico just for me to get baptized. Oh, that's this whole fucking story. But 
I just, it's very hard. That religion is very built on blaming its disciples for everything. We're all fucked up. We're all this, we're all that. It's, it, it's rough being, you know, a Catholic. I will always sympathize for most Catholics because you're in a religion where you're, you're the problem. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing with me was, I guess, cause of my, um, and it was funny because uh, my grandmother was Catholic, my mother was Christian, so it was like we have a very diverse set of religion in our family. Um, but to go to go into what like like uh, I was like if, like some people would like I would never consider myself a mama's boy, even though I do have a very devout love and respect for my mother. But I was <clears throat> more so. Uh, to my grandmother, and I was very, uh, and and so I was learning a lot more about Catholicism through de- through her, and uh, I was someone who was just interested in it. And plus, like growing up, one of my favorite comic books was Daredevil, and him being a Catholic man himself, so I had someone to, to relate to in that regard. Okay, uh, and uh, there's still like I, I still go to a. Um, church I go to every so often with a priest I've known for a long, a long time since I was a teenager. He knows I'm atheist, uh, but I kind of call those also my therapy sessions, free therapy sessions in a way. Um, even though it gets to a point where every week, if I ever, if I ever as I go for the confessions, be like, do you have a bottle of Jack and about two weeks worth of your time? Because I've got a lot in one week, but um but in regards to, uh, I guess, what made me that way, it was actually, it was actually a family regarding my grandmother and my grandfather. When, uh, especially when my grandmother passed away, I, um, I was an emotional wreck. I was just trying to be like, "Why are you taking him?" Mind you, my grandma was seventy years old, but still a young seventy years old, and so I was just, and. Like asking why, never heard anything. As time went on, I went through like three different phases. Can I can I say something and not offend? Yeah. Maybe you weren't listening hard enough. That could be a possibility. That could be a possibility. Um so I went through three phases during during and this was going through a very because I met this chick who was Satanic. So I met her in high school. She was a uh, about to be a senior. I was a freshman, so we kind of. And so I was kind of. I was. I never classified myself as sat as satanic, but I was with somebody who I was head over heels for. Basically, they by wanted to know when I when the first if I ever was a simp for any woman. That was then because, yeah. Uh, still one of the only women. One of the only women I hate and love at the same time. Anyway. Would it surprise you to know that one of the few people I, I love to talk to whenever I ever get to talk to her is a uh, following member of the Satanic Church? Really? Yeah. And, like, you know, and it was because it was like, it was kind of like this, like, like just this, like, complete. Uh, was it um, merger of everything where I was like, just, I was confused at the time I was going with her. And then during that period, I was also, I was also just questioning things. I really, I started questioning things even at a younger age 
when I was going into like private schools and all that, when we were learning about God and all that. And I literally told them, I said, I wanted to learn, I want to learn more about math than, than, than about God because I'm not going to be a preacher when I grow up. And then I got reprimanded for that to be for speaking out and all that. Mind you, I was eight years old when I said this. So even going back to when I was a kid, like a little kid, I was still, I was just questioning things. I said, I blame that for why I wasn't good at math for a little bit. Anyway, so I went through like two days. And after that, I went through a phase where I was agnostic. And then I kind of, I, I, was, I called it like a spiritual journey or like thereof, if you will. I was trying to figure out where, where I belong. And then I went under, then I said, why am I going to leave, leave my faith at some, in, in somebody's hands? I don't even know if I, if it, if they exist instead to go with my, like I control my destiny. Yada, yada, yada. And so. Do you know the it, definition of faith? Faith, you mean? Faith. Oh, faith. Elaborate for the uh, audience that may not know. Including yourself? Maybe. <laughs> the idea of faith is believing in something without tangible um, evidence. Like you have, to, you have to have faith in something to believe in it, right? Like, I mean, you know the grass is green, right? You know the sky is blue, but faith is something as simple as air. You can't see it, but you have faith that it's there. You can breathe. It's tangible. You breathe it in. It's not there. Faith in someone, like you have faith that I'll show up. You don't know I am. You don't know I'll show up every day for every week for the show, but you know you you have faith that I'll show up for the show, right? Yeah. Okay, that's no different than faith in God. And I'm not trying to like like I said, like I, I get where you're coming from. I understand it, and I'll tell you a story now. So, I'm uh, 13, 14 years old. I'm with my dad. And we're helping out this church who I have never heard of. I've never been to, but my dad's feel strongly in it. And he wants me to come help him on Sunday so they can put up a giant sign. And so we go out there, we get the concrete. I meet the pastor. He goes, oh, you're a strong little boy. Look at you carrying that concrete. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I'm uh, putting the concrete in. We get the sign up. And it's one of the proudest moments of my life as a kid because I put some hard work into that. And we got this big ass sign up. And I'm not talking like a tiny little fucking billboard. I'm talking like, you know, about a four story sign. Like we, we it was like basically like, like kind of like, have you ever seen a barn raising like the side of a barn is what it felt like as a 13 year old kid lifting the sign. And we went inside and, uh, it's just a Hispanic guy in a suit and he's looking at me and he said, you know, have you found your way to God? Have you found your way to Jesus? And I said, yeah, we pray to him and stuff and whatever. And he goes, no. He goes, mijo, have you found your way there? Do you see him all around you? And I was like, sure. He's, you know, he's there. He's the wind. He's, you know, he's life. He's like, not really showing any really interest. I'd rather be home playing at the time. I like my PlayStation or whatever. I didn't want to be there. And this guy proceeded to sit me down. We had a conversation. <laughs> And he put his hand on my head and he said, I believe in you. And I don't know what the fuck he did, but all of a sudden the room felt really light and I felt my chest open up and my heart just. And I, I guess, I guess religious folks would say he saved me. You've heard that expression, right? Yes. Charlie, he opened the world to me. He opened everything up to me. He showed me that uh, there was a light out there that I can follow 
if I just surrender, I stop fighting, stop pushing, I stop trying to tell everybody. And I'm like, I'm not trying to preach. Please, anybody who watches this later, and even you, Charlie, I want you to understand, I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm simply giving you a testimony of what I've been through, right? Yeah, no, no, I know. And, but on this day, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the clothes I was wearing. I'll never forget the shoes that are on my feet. I'll never forget my, the, the color of the jeans that I was wearing. I'll never forget the little hairdo I had. I, I'll never forget like my crying immensely because I felt like something bigger than myself was happening. And at 13, you know, you're 13 years old. You think everything revolves around you. But after this moment, it didn't anymore. And uh, I was changed after that. I started questioning everything. I started, would this be the right way for me to go? Not in the sense that you were questioning God and what have you, but questioning, I don't want to lose this feeling. So what do I need to do to keep it? And, and, there, were, and there was also a time where uh, it was, I think it was in 2011. So this is like, I would say around the time that I would, I classify myself as agnostic. This is like, there was two, two, Two uh, times where I kind of, uh, I guess I I excommunicate myself from like going going to church. Well, actually, three. Well, two, and then there was one other incident, but it was more of a positive aspect. Uh, it was in twenty. Like one time was when I went to church wearing a Rob Zombie T-shirt. You know, it wasn't anything bad. It was just his face with the with the logo, right? And it was like it was. Just crazy being, uh, and this is a more of a Christian church, so I will also elaborate what, what church it was. And I felt like, you know, when I went in and all that, I was, even by the pastor and all that, was being judged by the shirt. And I, I always went under the belief that, um, you know, you like, you know, going into a church is like, you know, God will welcome anybody who walks in the door race, whatever they're wearing, whatever, you know? And so I, I looked at that as like a moment of where I'm like, they're judging me, but that's not what. Who's judging what I, you though? Hmm? Who was judging you though? The, the pastor and other yeah. people in the church. And mind you, I was probably like 15 years old. So let me ask you this. Did God ever judge you there? Did you feel a judgment from God himself? Did God to say that you're not welcome in my kingdom because you're wearing a Rob Zombie t-shirt in this man-made house of God? No, like in in the uh, spiritual sense, no. You didn't you, like like as far as like you feeling a heat or a heaviness walking in there. Oh no, I got it, like, I used to I used to make jokes with my friend because like literally I used to chill with him at, near the cathedral, and I would always joke with him. I'd say because um, I used to always film over there because I like the aesthetic of the design of the. But it cathedral. bothered you though, didn't it? Huh. It bothered you a little bit, didn't it? Regarding regarding that, yeah. And then the other time was well, was that when I was in a fossil for a little bit? Uh, like I had, I had. Uh, it was kind of funny because there was this family which I still I owe a lot to in regards to everything they've done, but it wasn't really them. It was more so the fa the um, not really the father. He was marrying the, the, my foster mom, but um, he uh, he was a very God fear man, religious person, pastor. He, he like we would take trips to um, McAllen, Texas, to uh, to go because that's where he was from originally, and that's where his church was at the time. So 
so I remember he he kind of took me under his wing because like he saw some of me the, that some of the other kids he did, and uh, it was it was like this. It was a good mo. It was good, but then as time progressed, it was like more judging things, like judging the music I listened to, which. Marilyn Manson, maybe I can understand that. But even like Soul to a Pilots, I that was like when I was really getting into. I'm a like anybody who's the shit, the the freaking. Um, I'm more of a Scott Weiland fan, but anybody who listens to my main, the main intro of the House of Chayton uh, channel is you'll hear Scott Weiland's voice. So uh, I was going into, um, I was listening to, uh, I think I was getting the Soul to a Pilots Greatest Hits album, and. But I was just being judged for the music, you know, and all that. That I need to listen to more religious music. I'm like, oh, let, me, let me let me ask you again: Who was judging you? The the uh, the uh, father figure, I'll call him that. Okay. And um, I said the probably the closest thing to religious music I listened to was Creed. Because <laughs> I, I liked I liked like I'm a and and to anybody who's a Creed hater, I'm a defender of Creed at least back then. Um, because they were a religious band that didn't. I never felt like they should. Like you could well, tell. I, mean, I, I get you. Like speaking yeah. of STP, Chester Bellington was the was the lead singer for a little bit there. Lincoln Park started out as a Christian band. I love I love yeah. three, Door, three doors. Uh, three, doors uh, three, three doors down. I love three doors down, and some people consider them before they used to be kind of religious. Yeah, and and what I liked about of Creed was that they're. You could tell the messaging was in there, but it was it was it wasn't, wasn't shoved down your throat. Yeah, yeah. So let me put, let me, let me finish let me finish the second part of the story I was ahead, telling you. So we left that church because my dad was dating a woman that was there, and uh, they split, and so it was just better because they were there first, and we you know figured you know we were just going on the weekends that we were with him, and uh, so it would just be better. So go figure. A couple of years later, I'm older. I'm, uh, you know, working this and that. And that same pastor showed up to my dad's door, wanting him to come back saying that, you know, we, they missed him. They missed his, you know, him contributing to the church, not so much monetarily, but just saying that, uh, they missed him as a patron. And he just, when I talked to him, it's like, he didn't even recognize me. This man who apparently saved me, right? The guy who, who, who showed me this light that I've carried this entire time. And it's sometimes been brighter than others, but I've always tried to carry it with me. He didn't even act like he knew me. Like I was, it just felt like I was just another person. He was more interested in my dad coming back to this church. And that hurt. I'm not going to lie. But the strangest part is that I was working with a woman at the job I had gotten and she was a member of that church. In fact, her husband was a deacon there. And a scandal came out when they found out that this man who had saved me was molesting girls in the church. Oh, shit. So, so Charlie, if there's any point where I should question my faith, right? I should be like denouncing God. I should be right there with you, right? Yeah. It wasn't that these people judged me. He maybe he didn't remember me, and I could like I guess I could write that off, right? He probably saved a billion people in his life, but this man who I thought was so powerful, so strong, so gifted, was molesting kids. So yeah. I, at, at some point, I should I should be like fuck religion, right? Like that would be a normal response. Yeah. So I had a long talk, man. I had a long sit down, and this is why I say maybe you weren't listening hard enough. Because I didn't hear anything, right? Tangible. 
I didn't hear God tell me what I should do next. Charlie, I broke down. I cried because this is part of who I was. This is part of my identity. I was that guy who never wavered in faith. I may have been doing some shitty things in life, but I always try to keep my moral code. And you know that better than most. We've had these yeah. conversations. But I sat down and I, I felt the wind blowing and I was sitting outside and I was smoking a cigarette at the time of all things and just, what do I do? And I felt it, Charlie. I just not like someone told me, but I felt this. Like it came to me when I gave, when I wasn't, when I like, and that was the thing I'd given up. I stopped harping and I just gave up and just, what do I do? And I felt the emotions. I felt the message. This man, this person that did this horrible thing, he's not God. He was a tool of God. He was used to save me. And maybe many others, but in my world, he saved me. Whatever he does after that, he can be judged for. All the things he's done, put a drop in one side of the bucket, put a drop in the other side of the bucket, good and evil, he saved me. And that's what his job was then. So if he wants to make have free will and choose to molest children and do this horrible thing, fine. You do that. You will be judged one day. But he did save me as a tool of as a part of the hand of God. He saved me. I, my, his fate is not mine to question. What he did for me, I can never repay. And so my, 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 my faith didn't waver because I was given a gift. It's no different. Like, say a killer comes up to you, Charlie, and in their last breath, they tell you, they give you all the money and they give you everything they have. And they say they are so sorry for everything they've done. They may have been a horrible person, but at any time they can change. A bank robber steals from the rich and gives to the poor. It's a bad thing. They're robbing somebody, but they're trying to do something good. Some things are so misconstrued and, and turned around to be evil, but not all everything like, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling. I'm not trying to like, I'm trying to find a cohesive thought here. No, it's, all, it's all random, but he did something good for me. Again, he without sin cast a first stone. I can't judge this man. I can have an opinion. I can say that he's a piece of garbage for what he's done to other people, the molestation of others, and punishment should be placed on him. And I agree with that. But he did save me. So I'll go back to your story. You walk into a church and you have these mortal men judging you for the color of your shirt or whatever the, the, the iconography on your shirt. They don't know you as a person. And you never felt heavy going in that church. I mean, fair enough. You still go into churches and you can say what you want as far as it's called, it's called free therapy, but you trust, you're trusting that wisdom of confession. Something brings you back. And in conversations I have, I'm not talking about the devil. I'm not talking about, you know, the character hangman Charlie or, or the house of Chayton. I'm talking about Chayton Long, my friend. You legitimately care about how you're seen. And I'm not saying about like other people. I'm saying like your morality, you have a code. You're not a monster. You question things. If you didn't, you wouldn't be as kind as you are. You wouldn't be as forgiving as you are. You depict a character constantly when you want people to think you're this heartless, cold-blooded individual, but you and I both know the truth. Let's yeah. be real. 
You are one of the most loving people I know because you give everybody second chances. Hell, we just had a conversation the last couple of days about someone you're giving a second chance to enough so that you're working on stuff. Won't go into detail, but you're working really hard to reform that bond because you care. And I feel like that caring is not just because of who you are. It's because of something you carry with you. Now, you didn't say this, but I try, I strongly believe that your grandmother was a religious person, wasn't she? She was Catholic, yes. That's, that's what I was saying earlier when I was talking about, like, uh, one of the things that led me into Catholicism when I, was, when I was young. She was sick, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. How did I know that? I didn't, I didn't, I just, I just knew it, though, right? I don't, I've never asked you about your grandmother. Yeah. Like, we're having a genuine moment right here. I'm just saying, like, she couldn't look over you the way she probably wanted to, could she? No. She's never left you, though, has she? No, I say, like, her, He's, my grandfather, I still think about them every day. But you feel them. It's yeah. not just thinking about them. You feel them. You, like, when, they, when you do anything, you know they're watching you. Yeah. Well, if you're an atheist, how is that possible? As a two, wouldn't that be my, my thing? Wouldn't that be more so of the afterlife aspect of it? But if you're an atheist, you believe in nothing. There's no afterlife. There's no, we are dead. We are worm food. We are nothing. I know we're doing a recording here, right? I know we're like, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know where this is coming from and where I'm getting all this fucking information. But I know for some reason, even though we're recording this, two friends having a conversation, like kind of having a little moment here. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like going into the after of like I I've said like I want to like that one is probably the only one I would like to believe there is something. Then, then why don't you just let go and believe it? Because you know it's real. You're feeling it. You you said yourself, your grandfather and your grandmother. You don't you think about them every day. You know they're watching you. You know you're there looking over you. I don't think anybody. I don't think a weaker. I don't think a stronger man could have gotten through what you've gotten through in the last year. Yeah, they protected you. I, I was actually going to bring up something that happened. Probably the, because um, regard regarding the the um, a church thing, like I like when I mentioned about stop going for a little bit. Ironically, we were talking about free therapy. There was another church when I was living in Kurt or Mountain Home. 30 miles from Kerrville, 30 miles from Junction. I've talked to one of one place I would like to go back and live to live in. But um, there was a church in Kerrville that, that uh, originally I went to with the family because I was like, oh, they serve free breakfast. So I'm like, oh, good. I'm a breakfast guy. So I was like, fuck, fuck yeah. And I started to uh, go to like actually listen in the church. And they were probably one of the only churches I've ever been to or besides like the the Catholic church I go to that you know I but my my priest knows me he's known me for since I was a kid so but he's your priest right the one the one from the Catholic one not not the one from Kerrville I'm saying but uh, he's still the he's still your priest though right he's he's never given up on you no you got uh, I'm listening all right uh I went to yeah the church in, Ker in Kerrville I went to like they were probably, it was more of a Christian church, so I was kind of apprehensive because of the last church I went to previously. 
And so I went, I went there and I basically told when they were trying to talk to me, I told them, I said, I'm atheist, yada, yada, yada. But I, I told them, I said, I enjoy listening, you know, cause I, I, like one thing, I guess one thing that's misconstrued about atheists is that some people believe that because you're an atheist, you have not read the Bible or you don't know jack shit of the Bible or don't know anything about like that type of stuff, uh, which I always love making people look like fools when I can talk about certain things and they're like, oh, how do you know that? I'm like, just because I'm atheist doesn't mean I don't read. Um, but so I used to, I would, I would listen to them a lot of times. So I, I would enjoy how they would read, read, uh, the scriptures and all that stuff. Um, but I always tell them, I said, especially when I started going more frequently, I started going, I actually, cause I wanted to go, not just cause it's a free breakfast. Um, and I would tell, I would, uh, basically the only thing I asked of them is I don't convert me. I'm like, if I want to convert, I'll convert on my own. But I like, they can, though. that's the thing. They're not, they can't, no one can convert you. No one can make yeah. you believe like you have to, either you believe in yourself. You believe in, you believe in God or you don't. It's that easy of a choice. Yeah, I, I guess my my from the last church I went to, I had this like kind of mindset where they, they try to make people follow their lot their 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 thing. So it was like which ironic with uh, Catholicism, but that's sort of a different time. But um uh so I started going there more frequently. And I remember one time and I don't even know if I ever told the story publicly. I don't even know if I've told you. There was a, a lady that one of the ladies from the church, she was one of the, I guess the uh, pastor's wives. Uh, she got hit by a car. Uh, was it, was it like anything bad, bad? She just, it was like a back car backing up parking lot. There was, was very tight. I will say that. But anyway, um, me from maybe even a year ago would have just brushed it off and walked and got in to the car and left and just be like, Oh, I hope she's okay or something. But I did go and help her and help her up and all that other stuff with a few other people. Uh, because I, I said that these, these, these people welcome me without judgment. You know, that's kind of what I wanted for the longest time. And, you know, I, and so I had, I had, I had a sense of, you know, respect and, and, and love for them. So I like, you know, I went out of my way to help, help the lady and, and she was fine and all that good stuff. She didn't die or anything. She didn't sustain any life-threatening injuries, but, but that was like probably the one time I actually felt like kind of like the crossroads moment where we talk about like, you're at crossroads in life. Do you go what, what you usually do or do you actually do something different? And that was like the different thing I did. Um, I still go there once once a year usually, if I, especially or if I'm in the Kerrville area. I'm not in there as often, but if I go, like I usually go with a buddy of mine, go on a road trip up there, and we usually stop by at a church at least once once a year. It just depends on it just depends on the time we go and the day, and also how long we're up there for. I'm going to say this: I don't think that you're an atheist. I think you're a man who's questioning his place in the universe. Ironically, I know a few other people that I've had conversations with tell me the same thing. Well, there's the reason. This is the reason I say that. I'm going to tell you another story. My cousin, who was, and the reason why he's a big deal is because he passed away, and he was the first of my generation of the family to die. It was a very hard blow. He died of cancer. He died of testicular cancer that could have been avoided if he was 
if he would have stayed on it, right? He was 17 when he was diagnosed. They beat it, and then he, I mean, he was 30-something when he died, but, you know, he should have gotten that shit checked out. That being said, his father was not a, the greatest guy in the world. In fact, I'm not, I'm not, I'll go on record as saying his father was kind of a piece of shit, in my opinion. It's an opinion, and I should probably do better about being someone who's a God-fearing man of, you know, describing people that way, but damn it, I'm not perfect. What I will say is, he couldn't. He wouldn't even pay for a priest to come and do the eulogy. So they found a deacon who did it for free. And this deacon told the story, and I needed to hear the story because, I, again, you know, my cousin passing away, it sucked. You know, why do the good die young? Right? It's an old adage. This deacon told the story about a woman that he had visited while he was in the hospital, and this woman told pulled him over and said, I love you. I love you so much. I love you so much. And the reason I'm reminded of the story is because she spoke of her grandmother and the deacon asked her, I told her, I love you too. What, what's going on? Because I have to love everyone. I have to. And he said, why? Well, go figure. This woman had just had surgery and I'm talking like severe surgery. And she claims that she had died on the table and she was having that out of body experience and she witnessed everything. She saw the doctor uh, rushing to try to bring her back to recitate, recitate, uh, resuscitate her. She saw a nurse trip over something and almost fall. She saw all of this, and she was able to describe it to them whenever she woke up because they, when they told her that's impossible, that you could not have seen this, you were clinically dead. But more importantly, what she saw was a light, and she walked towards it. You know, as you know, you hear that, right? When you when you pass, you're to walk towards the light, right? Even if you're an atheist, you've heard that old expression, right? Yes. She said she saw her grandmother, and that's why this story resonates with me talking to you now. And she said, It's not your time yet. Her grandmother told her this. Her grandmother said, No, no, you need to go back. It's not time yet. She asked her grandmother, what do I do to get back to you? What do I have to do to get back here? And, and Charlie, her grandmother told her, you have to do one thing. You have to love people. You have to love. You have to show everyone. You have to just live a good life. Love. That's all you have to do is love. And she came back. And after that, that's why she grabbed that deacon and told him, I love you so much. I love you. I want you to know that I love you. And she changed her whole life. But I was so angry at that time that it was the right story. At the, I'd never speak into this deacon. I didn't even know who he was. I just saw him step up there with my cousin's body. I, I just kind of, you know, I was mad at everybody. Yeah. Because they, they didn't care enough to get him a tombstone. They didn't care enough to get him a fucking priest. They didn't care. Enough to, but if a priest would have come, he wouldn't have said that story. It just happened that this particular deacon showed up and said the story, the perfect words that I needed to hear. To kind of snap you out of it. It reaffirmed my faith. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I can admit that I have never lost my faith, but there have been times that it's wavered. There have been times that, been, that I've had moments where I was scared and I didn't know if, if, if God was there. But I can guarantee you, every time that I've just let go and put in, and I know that's a funny fucking thing to say, let God take the wheel. But every time I've let go and just let God do his thing, I've been okay. Now I'm going to bring it back to you. I was mad at you. And you know why? Yeah. Because you were 
and maybe I've never said this to anybody else, and this would be a first time to say it, but we're kind of here, right? We're doing this. Yeah. You were kind to the most important person in my life. You treated her like a sister. You didn't come at her in a, in a flirtatious way. You were sweet to us. You treated us like we were your own. We went down there and we had never met. And when you lied about some shit, it bothered me. It, it doesn't now, I'll say that. But that whole situation hurt. You, you like Charlie, you've done something that a lot of people have been tried and couldn't do. You wounded me. And you've apologized and you don't need to. It's over. It's fine. But what I'm saying is the night that we talked after all this shit came out, before I even talked to you, I talked to someone else who's also very religious. You know him. He's our friend. Yeah. I prayed. I prayed no different than the day that I was questioning my faith, questioning things about my faith when this man who molested kids, who also saved me, made me question myself. No different than that day. I questioned, should I, should I reach out to this guy who lied to me and this and that? Should I reach out to him? Should I talk to him? Should I hear his side? You know what I heard, Charlie? What was that? That he needs you as much as you need him. We're here talking now because I was told to come back and talk to you because my faith led me back to you, my friend. Because you had walked your 40 years in the desert. Because you had suffered enough and you needed someone to stand by you. And since that day, I have stood by you and I will continue to stand by you as your friend. So I know that you say you're an atheist and that's fine, but God told me to come back and look over my friend. And we have never said that publicly or privately, have we? No. <clears throat> you are my friend. And we do this wonderful program because we are friends, because I'm with you. Because you were going through a dark time. And I, 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 I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But you were very close to doing something very stupid, weren't you? Yeah. Until we all came back. So in essence, what I heard was true. Yeah, and that, and that was like... Um, wait, I'm wait. shedding a tear right now, so you know how real this is. I don't know why I know this shit and why I have... Like, again, this is pre-recorded, right? We're, we're, I'm talking to you as if we have an audience, but we don't. Yeah. And it's not like we're going to edit this. This is us being us. I came back to be your friend because you needed me. And I'm never going to abandon my friend because you, ser you served your punishment. Yeah, that was like, I, I've always said, I've always said this. I said the one thing, this, the whole thing, the whole thing taught me was Appreciate the ones around you because you never know when they are going to leave or be gone. And that could be in many different senses, the metaphorical sense, the literal sense. 
I'll um, tell you this. Like I, I, I debated talking to you sooner. I did, but I was told by someone who also was very religious to me and, and who's close to me that it's not time. How they knew that, how she knew that, I don't know. But she said it wasn't time. And then when we did talk and I did pray on it and I did hear that and, and I didn't even tell her that, she told me it's time. So all this stuff is like, it's crazy how it's clicking right now. Go figure that this is the last episode that will be in a certain dynamic as far as the outcast goes. Hell of a way to end a finale for <laughs> a new beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it is crazy how everything and I and I said and even even going back and I don't think he'll mind me saying this or mentioning him, but uh, when I had like one of the people that was that I talked to during the whole thing was Dragon, but and and he asked me one time. He says, he says if if there's any anybody that you haven't like tried to reach out to or talk to and all that uh, that you would. That if you could give anything, you would talk. You would um, you would try to talk to and try to rekindle things. And it was then, and then anytime he asked me that later, it was always it was always I said, Dad. I said I never like he was the one person I always had that that, that connection with. And there's very very like there are people on here that I consider close, like I consider friends, or I consider close. But there's not too many people that I, that myself I I felt like I have a close bond with, or you know, and all that. When I say you're my brother, and you say I'm your brother, that's not just words. Yeah. But I, I can't. I I couldn't. And I'll say this: like, I it sucked because there's nothing I wanted to do than come to you and say, hey why let's talk about this but i it's as if something told me a force kept me from because you had to serve your penance that's how i feel that's how i feel it is it's the truth of everything i believe there's a god because the people that i care about the most they're still here and those that have passed on i know they're in a better place because i know they're looking over I know they're protecting me. Just like your grandma, I feel like, and your grandfather are protecting you. But when they couldn't protect you from possibly doing something very stupid, he sends those who care about you back to your life. I feel like that's kind of like par for the course with you, though, right? Like, you and I will always be the exact opposites. We're never going to be the same. We'll probably disagree on just about everything in life other than our like of certain hobbies. Yeah. But my and, faith brings me back to you as because you're my friend and my faith brought me back to you. And again, here I am bearing it on the table. I don't think that you're an atheist as much as you want to ride that and you want to be different. I think you know better. I think you're yeah. fighting with that. Yeah, and and something something regarding that, it, like um, 
Like, uh, it's for for a while I was I was always like even even when I first said I was back then I was I felt like I was ashamed to admit I was because I always looked at that as like a a no no if you will even even in some relationships I I had uh, the religious thing would always be and and that was also something that kind of drove me away was because some some people would 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 put their religion above. Not 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 in a bad term, but put it above anything else. Like there's like a decent girl or guy out there. Uh, he may not believe in the same things you do, but he he will treat you better. He may treat you better than some people who do believe in the same thing. Vice versa with a woman, you know. Um, like who would have ever thought I would have dated a freaking uh, and have a long relationship with a satanic chick? A few of them, but you know. But I I always I've always said this with people. And I, and and I think this is something we can agree on. On this, I never judge like regardless of any religion of my, on my end. I never judge anybody off of their beliefs. I always judge how they are as a person and the characteristics of them. Uh, that goes with friends. That goes with relationships. That goes with anything. What I find about you is interesting, is that I, I, you know this. My ex-wife was a very miserable person. Yeah. But she was an atheist, and I, I'm not wasn't here to judge her or anything. My ex girlfriend before her, who was long term, was an atheist. And one of the questions that they both asked me is, "Why?" You know, they they were miserable, and they would get mad at me because I was always always had this sunny disposition. Why are you this? Why are you that? Because I have faith. I don't believe in your invisible man in the sky. I'm like I'm not telling you to, but at least I have faith in something. Charlie, you are probably one of the most joyful fucking atheists I've ever met in my life. You know that? Surprisingly, that's what a lot of people say. You know, like, I, I remember the first time someone said that when they first thought I was atheist. He's like, you're the nicest atheist I've ever met. I'm like, just, again, like a lot of, I'm not saying it's everyone, but there are a lot of atheists out there who are just miserable fucking human beings who like to see the world as a fucking pit and that everything's out to destroy them. But not you. You are probably one of the most hopeful people I've ever met in my life. And I'm talking about Ch Chayton Long. I'm not talking about the fucking character you play on, in, on the internet. You're probably one of the nicest, most caring individuals I've ever met. And believe it or not, things affect you. You're strong enough not to show others. You're strong enough to fucking not give them the fucking benefit of the doubt. And, and the stuff that does bother you, you'll, they'll never know because I'll never tell. But you're probably one of the most caring human beings I've ever met. You make decisions based on other people far greater than you make on yourself. Even the biggest decision you ever made, which again, we won't go into detail about that, but you, you do things for the betterment of others over yourself. And that doesn't sound like someone who doesn't have faith in something to me. Yeah. Even, even like not going into too much detail, but even when I was showing, showing proof about something, I'll just say a wolf in sheep's clothing I told people, I said, I don't care what happened. I, you could you could still look at me as this, that, and a third. I don't care. But you're de like I'll, I'll be man enough to admit you're like like I, I was a wolf in a herd of sheep. I said, but I, but to me, what's worse than a wolf in a in a herd of sheep is a wolf in sheep's clothing. So I was that was more of a a warning than anything else instead of just being like, 
Oh, I, we talked about it, right? We talked about it, and you never. Okay, so I'll say this: you've never said this publicly <clears throat> for anybody who wants to give you shit. Anybody who wants to criticize you, I know the real reason you put that out there. Because you said it with me. You didn't want her, the specific person, to do to others what she had done to you. And you've never gone out publicly and said that. You've never fucking, you know, used that. You've always taken the brunt and said, this is for me. It's all about me. And sometimes I feel like you live the character too much. Because if people knew the real you, I think you're afraid. I think part of you is afraid they think you'd be boring. And the other part would think that uh, it's too hard to believe that you're this nice of a person. Oh, yeah. I usually tell I joke with people. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like I seem this most eccentric, uh, outgoing person. But I said, I'm fine with being in a oh, uh, you're, you're a cocky fuck and you're eccentric as shit. But you're not like you are the embodiment of when they talk about wrestling characters being themselves dialed up to 11. Yeah. The, the, the whole Chayton House of Chayton character, the whole Hangman Charlie character is you dialed up to 11. But if you think about that, dial that back down to a one, he's a pretty normal guy. Just having fun and joking and talking shit. Yeah. And that's like, that's like the one thing, like even, 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 um, when, um, I'll say this before I, before I, uh, cause we'll get near the end, uh, of this. Uh, and as, as much as I would love to continue this, uh, <laughs> and like we we we're, we're, uh, we're trying for time, but the, one thing I will say as a fight, as a closing argument on my end or closing remarks, uh, it's like it's like um, I mentioned the store before, but like uh, when Mason came down here, and we were just sitting in at IHOP and just you know just eating, shooting the shit. But we were having like I was I was confiding to him things I've told you and only a few other other people on here because like with with him, you know, no, and even even showing him like where I live and all that. You know, not only the fact they drove all this way down here, but just I felt I, I uh, and 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 I know so base is not everybody's favorite or cup of tea, but uh, behind the the vid tea and all this other stuff, kind of go, kind of turn it to someone else in that regard. Behind the vid tea and all this stuff, he is a very uh, nice and caring individual. We and we had a very long conversation like i remember being a stubborn individual he like we've we've said this he paid for my food you know didn't ask him to do that didn't even didn't even imply anything but you you did the same with me yeah you didn't want me to do it and i said yeah look we're asking we're taking you out you've always been you you've welcomed us to your home we're gonna take you out yeah and and that's like you know and and so like but like we were just having a a great a heart to heart conversation. I was telling things that, you know, that in some cases maybe I didn't need to tell, but you know, I just wanted him to know certain things that maybe, you know, cause I, unfortunately in this, in this community, there's not too many people that you could say, I try, I, I would like, I would take a bullet for him and he would do the same. You know, uh, you could probably count one hand uh, people in this, in, the, in at least in my in my experience in, in this community, I would feel that way towards. Yeah, and, uh, and a very one of them is right here with me right now. So yeah, and so and so like you know that's that's the whole situation with that you know and so with him with him I had that uh, connection with it and and even him he got to see you know I, I like I I I spicing it up a little bit just so like you know but but it was like. 
he he got to see like both sides the 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 when I'm out and about and, and, and people greet me and all that, but also like the, the there's more somber moments where we're just sitting there having that conversation, just having that heart to heart and just talking about things like telling them stuff about my mother and all sorts of stuff. It was like, you know, just stuff that I don't really disclose on here that often only like you or other, a few others yeah. would know. And that's just something I, um, but uh, kind of going from, going from that, um, the, the, Biggest thing I'll say, and I guess this is is my final remark is before you do the final remark, because of course the last word is always going to be yours. But I will say this: there's a special book in the Bible. Like I said, I'm very conflicted on the Bible because it was a book written by man. Yeah, but it's still there's still a lot to be learned from it. But my favorite book in the Bible is the Book of Job, and I think you can relate to the Book of Job because Job believed believed wholeheartedly and basically without going into too much detail job lost everything he had painful sores all over his body when it was all over and he just nodded his head and said the lord giveth and the lord taketh away and so I constantly tell myself, if if Job can go through all of that, all, all through all of that, and come out the other side, giving getting everything that was taken from him tenfold, then why do I bitch and complain? When you let go, you stop fighting so much. Not just it's not just a religious moniker, but when you just let go and stop. Things trying to get better. And so I will leave with you with this, because this is about me and you right now. We're having a conversation. Yeah. When you stop fighting that internal battle that you've been fighting for years that I've known about, it gets so much easier, man. And that's all I'll say. And um, I guess uh, one thing I will say kind of to... um, Conclude the what I mentioned earlier about the uh, the cur the um, the church in Kerrville. Um, uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but never 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 the full story about it. But um, uh, when I left uh, uh, Mountain Home and came back to San Antonio, uh, they gave me a, a book, the their their Bible and all that with all their names and. Numbers and all that stuff, and I, I don't, I don't have any Bibles in my in my home except that one. I still have that one in on my bookshelf. Um, just it's in a weird place. It's next to my Edgar Allan Poe book, but still, it's 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 right. It's still there. The same sounds like someone who's not completely willing to give up hope. It could be that also from the point of view of like kind of a, a physical memory of, of uh, people who didn't, you know, of the people who didn't like judge for who, who I am and all that stuff that I guess that's the other reason why I keep it uh, because of that, because I kind of, I like, like, shoot, I have things, like I have things of regarding people that I don't even talk to anymore, but just of the, um, good memories of certain things. And, uh, that is one of them. So 
with that, I was not expecting uh, where this episode was going to go with, but that's the good thing about these days. We have a topic and we kind of just go from there. Um, so uh, with that, we are going to end it here. Uh, I thank you everybody for watching and hopefully you learned something out of this uh, as we, as is just two friends talking about whatever's on our mind. In this case, it was religion. Um, but on a, on a, uh, to, to go into a more, what you call it, not, not somber note, but we do have a update to show of what we're going to be, what we're up to on the next episode. So with that, I am the House of Chain. This is in Disney's Doug, a.k.a. Dan. <laughs> Later. And we bid you adieu. Ta-ta for now. set on him was death and hell followed with him.